Welcome. This is Concafe for the 28th day of March, year of our Lord, 2022. We're looking at the lectionary gospel reading for this coming Sunday, which is April 3rd. And uh, it's Communion Sunday. I'll be preaching again at First United Methodist Church, Gonzales, 8.30 and 10.45. Ask for your prayers for that. But I'm calling this devotional A Lavish Gift for Jesus. And like I said, it comes from John 12, verses 1 through 8 in the New International Version of the Bible. And I pray this blesses your walk with the Lord Jesus Christ. Hear now the word of God, verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus came to Bethany, where Lazarus lived, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. Here a dinner was given in Jesus' honor. Martha served, while Lazarus was among those reclining at the table with him. Then Mary took about a pint of pure nard, an expensive perfume. She poured it on Jesus' feet and wiped his feet with her hair, and the house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But one of his disciples, Judas Iscariot, who was later to betray him, objected. Why hasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It was worth a year's wages. He did not say this because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. As keeper of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Leave her alone, Jesus replied. It was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. This, dear friends, is the word of God for the people of God. We say thanks be to God. Well, again, a happy and marvelous Monday, Concafe family. May God's blessings be rich and wonderful upon you, dear friend. And again, thank you for tuning in. That's my prayer for you, for having come here, that you get an extra blessing, a rich and wonderful, unexpected blessing on this Monday. What a joy it was. Very joyful moment for us, especially for myself. We thank God for seeing our pastor, Reverend Dr. Matt Pennington, in worship at our second service at 1045. And we're thanking God for his recovery. Matt's uh, explaining that it's going to take a while to explain all the wounds that he had while uh, having this procedure. And so um, I could imagine the kind of pain that he's in. And so it was a delight to see him and Brooke and, and to see his children, Drew, uh, Nate, and Grace. Please continue to pray for his recovery, that God give him healing and give him patience and the pace that he needs before he comes back to work, which is coming soon. He'll be in the pulpit for Palm Sunday. Please continue to pray for one another. Pray for those recovering from medical procedures and other needs. Pray for those whom you carry in your heart. And may God provide uh, us uh, eyes to see all people, especially those no one else sees or wants. Pray for your needs. We pray because God answers prayer. As we look at this passage, let me ask you a question. Are there people in your life that were money no object that you would spend all you had to provide for them in a special way i know i have a long list of that starting with of course my wife and my girls and my sons-in-law and our grandkids but even with most of us having limitations on our budgets or money there are people that we would sacrifice for their well-being so we find that in the village of bethany at the home of Lazarus, that a dinner party was given in Jesus' honor. We remember 
you remember who, who uh, Lazarus was. He was the man who was sick. He had two sisters, Martha and Mary. And uh, we also remember that on a previous visit, Jesus was asked to intervene between a squabble between the two sisters, Martha and Mary. Upon his arrival at that occasion, Jesus uh, was told that uh, Martha was doing all the domestic chores. And guess who told them? Well, it was Martha herself. And uh, Mary was just sitting at Jesus' feet trying to learn more and all that she could about Jesus. And Martha didn't think that was fair. And so she objected to Jesus and raised that concern with Jesus. And on this visit, we find that Martha is serving while Mary has taken a pint of pure nard, valued at about a year's salary. And he, she took that, broke the container of it and poured all of it on Jesus' feet and then wiped the feet of Jesus with her hair. The writer says the house is filled with the aroma of this very special perfume. And it's here that someone makes a stink about the perfume, pun intended. And are we surprised that it's Judas Iscariot? Judas was the treasurer, was the treasurer of the ministry of Jesus. He kept the money bag, in other words. And the writer mentions that Judas really has no concern about the poor, but plenty of concern for the money because he helped himself, called him a thief. But it was his remark, why hasn't this perfume sold and the money given to the poor? It's worth about a year's wages that drew attention to what was going on. The writer also says that Judas felt free to help himself with the money collected by the ministry of Jesus. And his attempts to spoil the mood and the, setting, uh, the spending of money fail, for Jesus simply says, leave her alone. Jesus knew what was going on. He knew her purpose, her plan. And he explains, it was intended that she should save this perfume for the day of my burial. And here Jesus is honestly referring to that which was coming up, that it would be used for his burial, the, prepare, the, prepare, uh, the preparation of his body, uh, that would be anointed, and that's what he needed. The gesture, friends, was just pure love on the part of this lady for Jesus, and it was gratitude for the special man's life and ministry. Jesus had, after all, think about it, Jesus had, after all, brought the fullness of life into their lives, and then when the illness of Lazarus led to his death, Jesus gave him new life, a resurrected life. What price could we possibly put on all that Jesus had done? Jesus brought new meaning and purpose to the lives of these people whom Jesus truly saw as friends. And they had been privy to the reality of life beyond this life and the promises of the Lord for living this life to the fullest, trusting and loving God. Now we read Jesus' statement in the closing verse that Jesus speaks about the reality of the poor. And even now, I share it again. You will always have the poor among you, but you will not always have me. Now, while some say, man, how callous can you be? What's Jesus saying? Is he putting down the poor? Why in the world would Jesus say such a thing? But those in that place, as they heard it, they realized what many of us do not, that Jesus was sharing from a book, from the Torah, which I share here. And here now, this is Jesus' uh, reference point to the Torah it says, if among you one of your brothers should become poor in any of your towns within your land that the Lord your God is giving you, you shall not harden your heart 
or shut your hand against your poor brother, but you shall open your hand to him and lend him sufficient for his need, whatever it may be. For the poor you will always have with you in the land. Therefore, I command you, now hear this part, you shall open wide your hand to your brother, to the needy and to the poor in your land. And that comes from Deuteronomy chapter 15, verses 7 through 11. So the emphasis that Jesus was making that the believers are hearing is to open their hands wide with assistance. Jesus is not dissing the poor, but rather reminding those in that room of what their law teaches that will help and bless the poor. And again, it is a reminder that his life on earth was almost over. I went to a church once where the worship leader said, turn to your brother and say, I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. Oh, that's a hit with the people. They always laughed, and they were greeting one another, and they were saying, I love you, and there's nothing you can do about it. And it hit me, how often do we tell God something along the same lines? God, I love you, but there's nothing you can do about it, or I love you, and there's nothing I can do about it. And of course, I said, yes, of course, there is something we can do about it, and we should. And here we're seeing exactly what we can do about it in the example of Mary. Mary is doing something about it. She loved God and she wanted to do something about it. She loved Jesus and wanted to do something about it. So she did what she had to do. She poured out a very expensive perfume on the feet of her Savior as a grateful, thankful gesture of her love for all he had done thus far in her life. The question still stands, brothers and sisters, what can we do for the Lord and what's holding us back? Let's pray. Loving Lord and Savior, you have done so much for me. What can I do for you? Allow me not to hold back, but to give you my all. May I bless you and those in need with an open hand and an open heart. In Christ Jesus, I pray. Amen. Dear friend, thank you so much for joining us and being a part of this ministry. I thank God for you and I thank God for your faithfulness. I pray you would continue to support this ministry with your prayers and with your response to the word and being a witness of all God can do in our lives. I pray you have a great and blessed day in the Lord. And here's your challenge. Show Jesus your love in loving others. I pray you receive my blessings of peace and joy. I'm Pastor Randy Valverde. May the Lord bless you and keep you. Thank you so much for being a part of this ministry. Hasta mañana. I love you and I thank God for you.